0: good morning good afternoon good evening whatever time frame that you're in this is bernice thank you so much for tuning into devoted with bernice i hope that you are having an amazing day and that it is a day that you know that god has made just for you um today we're talking about perversion we're still continuing our series on perversion i know i was not um recording in a couple weeks ago um just trying to figure out what part of this series i should talk about first um getting more understanding from the lord and more how to flow with him concerning the specific um series that we're doing uh we know that we are in an age where perversion is very very dominant um You know, every century has its own demons. Every century has its own assignment of the enemy. Yes, God has assignment for every season of our lives, every generation, every century. But the enemy also has an assignment as well. Uh, You know, the devil has an assignment for your life. The devil has an assignment for my life. God has an assignment for your life. God has an assignment for my life. We just have to be able to yield to the holy spirit to be able to to understand which is from the devil and which is from god it is very easy to discern um what is evil from what is good especially if you're somebody who has uh you know engulfed the word of god within you uh study the word of god and you have literally lived by the word and you know look with an eyes of righteousness, you will be able to discern the enemy's assignment from God's assignment. And so today we're going to continue our series on perversion. Um, I hope that, you know, the series before blessed you and I hope that the first episode of perversion blessed you. That was just an introduction and, you know, just to set you in motion of what it is that you're going to be listening to. And again, it's still my prayer that those that listen to this podcast and this episode on perversion will be set free. I believe it so well in my heart, in my mind, in my soul, in my spirit, that God is going to do a move in your heart. The deliverance will come to you when you do listen to this. And I, it is my prayer that the Holy Spirit will touch you, that the fire of God will do deliverance on you, that, you know, angels of the Lord will ascend upon you. Ah, riketere That even God will send his sword against every spirit that is in you that is overtaking your mind, tormenting you, causing you to not be able to move forward in the fullness of who God has called you to be. And so I hope that you will be blessed by this episodes and this, you know, uh, series that we do. Uh, Today we're going to talk about covenant. The Lord wanted me to talk about covenant. Because everything that the enemy does is to come to destroy covenant that you have with the Lord. And that is why perversion is theirs, to destroy covenant. Like I said, this century that we live in is a perverse century. That's what the assignment of the enemy is in this century, is the spirit of perversion. You know, in many years ago, in the 80s, in the 70s, 60s, there was all type of things. You know, alcohol was drugs and alcohol was the assignment of the enemy. Many people were hooked on drugs and alcohol. You know, um, every century has something that, you know, God is highlighting as something to, to talk about, something to pray about, something to, you know, uh, teach the people of God about so that they can Triumph over the enemy, Mrs. Simon, not be a snare or even step into the snare of the enemy, but be a uh, a warrior conqueror you know and so uh, today we 're going to talk about covenant covenant, and also i 'm going to touch on you know how the spirit of perversion, how the spirit of homosexuality, how the spirit of lust, pornography, masturbation, all of that how they enter uh, as I was preparing, God was telling me that I should do a, a, an episode about rejection because that is the doorway for this whole, uh, perversion spirit. Uh, rejection is, you know, a very strong spirit. It's a dominant spirit that, um, opens a door for other spirits to come in. And that's why I always say that if you're a parent, be very careful how you treat your kids, you know, um, Even the Lord warns fathers not to mishandle their their daughters, you know, not to mishandle your children because, you know, the foundation is family. You know, your parent is your foundation first, right? Well, God is your foundation first. But when it comes to relationship, you know, with human beings, your family, your parents are your foundation first. So if that foundation is destroyed, is even tainted a little bit or even, even, um, mishandled a little bit uh, it can open the door for the spirit of rejection to come in and a lot of people who have been rejected have not been rejected by people outside of their family but more so people inside of the family that is why the mountain of family the you know the influence um, the mountain of influence which is you know you have different type of mountains you know media family religion all that but um, in, all, on, in the other mountains, I'm not going to go and talk about those. But one of the mountains of influence, you know, is um, family. And so the enemy has always been against family. We see that in Genesis, right? So as a parent, if you're a parent listening to this, and maybe you are, you have a child that is, you know, struggling with perversion, and you're like, how do I help them? You first have to help them without rejecting them. Sometimes, you know, rejection does not come out of, I don't like you or I don't love you, but more so with your actions, what you do, what you don't do. You know, kids are very fragile. So a lot of children who, a lot of grown-ups who have been rejected, uh, were rejected as a little child. And sometimes when you're casting out the spirit of rejection, what happens is that the child within them that was rejected will speak out. Uh, They will start to cry as a little girl or as a little boy. Uh, They will even talk as a little child because the age that they were rejected, the age that that demon came in caused their maturity to stagnate, to halt, to be a plateau, to stop, basically. And so uh, whenever you cast out the spirit of rejection, that little girl, that little boy starts to speak out because that is when they got hurt. Maybe they got molested by an uncle or an aunt or a babysitter or, you know, they got beaten by their family, their parent, their father, their mother. You know, maybe their mother did not come to their, you know, soccer game or their football or their dance recital. You know, all of that is a doorway for the enemy because hurt, when you, when you feel hurt, you, your heart is open. There's a wound there and the enemy always want to find that way to come in. So if you're a parent listening to this or maybe a future parent, I want you to really take this seriously, that you be careful, very, very careful not to reject your children. You might not tell them, I reject you, but your actions, your lack of actions, your lack of words, some of your words can plant a seed of rejection in them and open the door for the enemy to come in. So I will do an a, 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 a episode on rejection, but today I want to talk about covenant. And you might think, oh, covenant is not, you know, it doesn't sound exciting, but it is very, very exciting. Trust me on that. Covenant is so important to the Lord, you know, uh, in, in the word of God, you see covenant every single place. And you see covenant in Genesis, Exodus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, you see covenant as in the beginning of the five the first five books books of the word of God, there are covenants that are set in place. When a relationship happens, when a marriage happens, there is covenant, right? Even with your your house, there is covenant. You have to you know sign certain documents, right? Even your car. You have made a covenant with your car, meaning that you sign documents before you drive it out of the place. Every relationship, everything that you need in your life, everything that is important to you that can help you become a better person, start with the covenant. The same with everything that is sent to destroy your life, start with the covenant, okay? So that's why God wanted me to talk about covenant. Uh, I've been sitting on this, studying about covenant, getting more revelation, understanding, comprehension uh, about covenant uh, for the past two weeks. So, uh, let's dig in. Before we dig in, I want to play this song. Um, It's called Have Your Way. I'm going to start playing this song every time we have this series because I want you to realize that freedom comes when we allow God to have his way. Okay? So, this song is going to be played every single time we start the series. And I want to get this song in your spirit. You know, he... The person that sang this song, uh, I think it's called, it's by Jubilee Worship. He goes into it about, you know, take depression, take oppression, take suicide, take, you know, perversion. So when that song is played, I want you, I want you to open your heart and really like, uh, I really believe that that song is a deliverance song. Every, you know, the first time I heard it, I was like, whoa, you know, it really took me to a place. I was like, wow, this song is a deliverance song you know, have it all, meaning, God, meaning that God, have it all, have, have everything that I'm carrying that is not of you, have it all, you know, when you get to that place of telling the Lord to have it all, that is a place of humility, so I want you to listen to this song by Jubilee Worship, it's called Have It All, and afterwards we're going to pray, and then we're going to start the teaching.
1: This is a perfect moment to dump everything you've been carrying for the last seven days and lay it at the altar of God and say, God, have it all. Father, take my sorrow, take my pain, take my shame, take everything, God, that is unlike you, God. Take it out of us now, God. We declare that you can have it all. Somebody open your mouth and say, have it all, God. Come on. Shake me, Father. Make me over again, Lord God the corporate worship right here. I dare you to open your mouth and tell God to shave me. Come on. He can have it all. Somebody's on the edge of your breakthrough right now. The breaker. The king. He's here to put you on the potter's wheel again. You may be broken, but he can make you over again. All I that will tell God, Father, have it all right now, Father. Have it all, God. Whoa, I feel the Holy Ghost in this atmosphere this morning. Have it all, God. You can have everything, God, that is unlike me, Father. You can have it all right now, God. You can take my shame. You can take my pain. You can take my frustration. Father, take it all. Take it all. Take it all. Lord, God, take my worship. Take my praise. We give it all to you right now, Lord. You can have it all, Father. You can have it all, Father. You can have it all. all. Every hand lifted. Father, we declare and decree in this atmosphere now, God. That we're releasing ourselves, Jesus. We're taking everything, God, that is unlike your Father. And we're pouring it out now. We're laying on the altar, Lord God. Father, areas of our lives, God, that is unlike you, Lord God. You can make us over again now, Jesus. Father, the areas that are broken, God, you can take us and You can mold us now, Father. Father, I speak now, God, to a marriage and to a relationship, Lord God, that feels like it's crumbling, it's falling apart, God. We declare that you can take it now, Father, and mold it, God. God, I speak now, God, to somebody in this atmosphere, God that has a health problem now Father and the doctors has given up on them. we ask God that you will take our health now God you will put it in your hands we believe that you're a miracle worker we believe that you can heal bodies we believe you can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ever ask or think according to the power that works within us Lord God God you can have it all Father have our praise have our worship have our exaltation we magnify you we make you bigger than our circumstances Bigger than our situation Father have it all God Have it all God Take depression Take oppression Take depression You can have it.
0: Let's go into prayer. Father, we thank you right now. We give you all our minds, all our hearts, all our bodies, all our spirit, all our soul. In this moment, in this atmosphere, Adonai, we ask you for your presence here. Holy Spirit, have your way. Let every distraction of the enemy be quenched now in the name of Jesus. Yes, we put on the helmet of salvation. Oh yes, let this mind be in us which was also in Christ Jesus. We put on the breastplate of righteousness, God. Guard our hearts against all others, not of you. We put on the belt of truth, Lord, that we will sit in your truth. We will walk in your truth. We will live in your truth. We will be the the doer of your word, not just hear us only. We put on the shoes of peace, Lord, and we walk in peace. We walk in peace with all men. We walk in peace in our neighborhoods, in our community, God, in our country, God, in our families, even in our circumstances, in our jobs, Lord, in our churches. We walk in peace, God. We take on the shield of faith to cleanse every single fiery dot of the enemy, the seen and unseen things of the enemy, God. We cleanse it now. Every assignment from the principalities, Father, we coinze it with the shield of faith in the name of Jesus. Everything that comes from the earth, God, we coinze it now in the name of Jesus. We coinze everything that comes from the waters, God. We quench it in the name of Jesus with the shield of faith. And we pick up our sword, which is your word, God. We live by your word, God. And so, Father, I pray the Lord, you will put your word in our heart that we will not sin Against you. And so, God, as we come before your throne today with boldness and and with understanding that we are seated in heavenly places with you, Jesus. God, I thank you that, Lord, you have created vessels in this season, in this time, in this century to be vessels of purity, God, to be vessels that walk in holiness, in righteousness. The spirit of holiness needs to come back again in the world, God. And so, Father, I pray, Lord, as we dine in your word and we search your word, God, that, Lord, you will open up the scrolls to us, that we will get comprehension, we will get understanding, God, we will get clarity of what it is that you've called us to be and who you've called us to be be identity will be restored again father i pray let them let the baptism of the holy spirit be upon your people in this time I pray the Lord, deliverance will come upon identity, that yes, restructure, reorder, God will come upon your house and upon your people, and so, Father, I yield myself to you as your vessel, I command everything that is not like you in the atmosphere to be bound, to be dismantled by the fire of God, yes, let there be a wall of fire about and above me, God, and around me, Father, I thank you that you have set at the forefront and the and are the portals of prayer and worship, God, your angelic host, aren't you the God of the angel armies? Yes, we serve the one that says and it is, that speaks and it happens. And so, Father, I pray the Lord, you will set your angelic host ab- about me, God. Send them in the places, in the corners, in the four corners, Father, and be around and to go forth to to do the work of the Lord, God, to establish your foundation on the earth, Lord, that your people will be able to be inclined to your spirit, Adonai. And so, Father, I pray even now that those that are listening, that their ears will be purified, their hearts will be molded again into your hand, God, because you are the, oh, you are the porter, God, you are the one that functions us, the one that makes the clay into what it is that you want us to be, God, and so Father, I pray that those that are listening will be humble enough to to, to yield to you, Adonai, to to humble themselves before you, that, Lord, you will be the one to touch them. It's not me that's touching them, but, God, it is your spirit that is touching them. So, Father, I come to you and I come and I ask you, Lord, that your presence will fall on your people today. That the light of Jesus, that penetrate through every darkness, Immerse and break down every wall, yeah. Break down every hole. Break down every mental wall. Everything that has been set ablaze, everything that has been set in their minds, God, ablaze it up with Your fire. Burn it down. Adonai, ibataya. Let Your spirit magnify in their spirit, God. We want more of You and less of us. More of you, God, and less of us. I pray the will of God during this time that Your presence will mend the hearts of Your people, and those that have a rejection, God, they will get revelation that they are indeed in covenant with You. And so I bless Your holy name. I thank You, and I and I welcome You here, Holy Spirit, to have Your way. In the name of Jesus, I do pray. Amen. All right, so we've had worship, we've had prayer. Um, I want to encourage somebody before we start with the covenant teaching. Um, this morning, you know, every day, if you know me, you know that I always ask the Lord, what is the Bible verse to focus on every single day? And every day, majority of the days, there are different ones, so... And I like that. I like that I can ask the Lord that and He gives me Bible verses. I love it when God answers my questions with a book in the Bible or, you know, a Bible verse. It, it really, it's like, almost like um, like a puzzle, you know? Like, uh, and I enjoy, you know, asking Him every day, every morning, you know, after my prayer and worship. Um, what is the Bible verse you want me to focus on today, you know? Um, and it answers my questions. You know, he can literally tell me or give me a download. But for me to actually, like, open the Word of God and search for the answer, it really, it's, it's, it makes the relationship with God more, um, more real, you know. It is already real, but it makes it more like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's more um, close. Yeah, that's what I'm looking for, Close more closer, you know. Uh, God is spirit, you know, and the Bible says in John 4, you know, that we are to worship him in spirit and in truth. But when you're able to like get a um, a Bible verse, you know, from the Lord and actually open it and it, it, it just, it's like a rhema word that just hit the right circumstance, the right questions. It just gives you that inner peace, that inner yeah, I know that God is with me. You know, I already know that, but it's just that reassurance that, hey, I got you, you know. And so if you've not done this, I've, I've done this many years. I think it's been like almost four years that I've been doing this. Um, I always ask the Lord, what is the Bible verse you want me to um, focus on today? And he always gives it to me. You know, there are questions that I've asked God about. And he would say, go to this book, you know, go to that book. And as I'm reading the book, you know, and I'm, a, and I'm about to stop reading it. And he's like, continue, keep, keep reading it. And I get to that part, that passage or that verse. And then it's just like, bam. And I'm like, okay, okay, I get you. I understand what you're saying, you know. Um, and I love that about the Lord. So if you've, not, if you've never done that, just, I, I would encourage you to start. Just ask the Lord, you know, every morning, just ask him. You know, you might not have to open your mouth and say it. You can say it in your heart. You know, ask him, like, what Bible verse shall I, you know, look at today? And he will give it to you. Trust me, he will. Sometimes you'll be talking to somebody, and he will give you the Bible verse in the morning. But then, like, later on, and that's called um, foresight. Um, You know, you'll be talking to somebody, and then you meet that person. And then that Bible verse is, like, right in, in your mind again. And that person is talking about that issue, and that Bible verse is exactly what they need to hear. So, um, this is the Word of God to somebody. Uh, Hebrews one, uh, Hebrews 11:1. The Lord was telling me this morning. You know, I asked, "What is the Bible verse I should list, I should you know read about?" And He said, "Hebrews 11.1. one." Um, and again, also um, Hebrews one. Uh, one Hebrews one one one. I feel like God is taking me there as well. Let's 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 look at Hebrews one one and then Hebrews 1 1. Hebrews 1 1 says God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time passed to the fathers by the prophets. Okay. Alright, Lord. I, I understand. Okay, and then let's look at Hebrews. All right, so Hebrews 11, let Let's see, we already looked at Hebrews 1, 1, um, that God speaks to through his prophets, you know, in every season, in various times and in, in various ways. Um, he spoke in, in time past to the fathers by the prophets. Now let's look at Hebrews 11, 1. It says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I was um, meditating on this this morning, um, and what this is what God is saying to encourage you. You know, the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick, right? So hope is connected to faith. Um, it says, now faith, now. You have to have faith now. Not faith in the past, not faith in the future, but now faith. The faith that you need to carry you through to see the impossible happen requires to you requires you to have faith now. The Bible says that, you know, we are to not think about tomorrow. For tomorrow has its own issues, right? So only think about today. So right now, if you're struggling with faith, I want you to have faith right now. To think about your faith now. Not your faith You know, not the faith that you need to have to see, you know, you accomplish what God says is upon your life in five years. No, you need faith for today. The way to maintain your faith and to move in faith is to maintain your faith and to have faith for today. Because if you're able to have faith for today, you can have faith for tomorrow. You can see the impossible happen tomorrow. Many people want to um, have faith for 10 years from now, but God says, now faith, not yesterday faith or tomorrow's faith or past faith. It says, now faith is the substance. What is substance? Substance of things hoped for, okay? Substance of things hoped for. The things that you want to see happen, the substance of it, the... The ambience of it, the um, the reality of it, of, of that thing that you want to see happen, is a substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So hope and faith have connection together. Because to be able to see something happen, you have to have hope in your heart that it will happen. You have hope that it, it can happen. And that's why it's important not to lose your hope because your hope is tied to your faith. If you're able to hope for something, then you have faith that it will happen, okay? And so that's why it's important to continue to maintain your hope, meaning that continue to expect that, yeah, you know, maybe you're you're a pastor listening right now and you're hoping that your congregation will actually step into the next level of worship or, you know, the next level of encounters with the Lord that you want to see your church step into. Or maybe you might be a parent and you are hoping that your child will step into the next level of adulthood, right? Or you might be a business owner and you you, you're, you're, you have faith that you want to see your your business, you know, grow into another city or another state. But if you don't have hope in your heart, to see it happen, you're not going to have faith. I've never seen somebody who walks in faith without having hope. You know, it's like this. When a woman is pregnant, she has hope that she has a baby in there. You know, there there is a baby in there. She feels it, right? And she has hope that the baby has fingers and the right amount of fingers, the right amount of, you know, heartbeats and hair and everything. Though she's not seen the baby, she has hope because she knows that she's carrying that baby in her belly. But faith kick kicks in when she has faith, when she goes out and buy, you know, clothes. She goes out and buy strollers. She goes out and actually walk in faith because the Bible says that faith without works is dead, right? So there is hope. She's hoping, you know, hoping, hoping that the baby is there and everything is going well and she's taking her vitamins and all that. But then when... Faith kicks in is when she start to actually prepare for the child. That's when faith kicks in, and so um, let's continue. It says the evidence of things not seen. See, she has not seen the child, but she's she has hope and she has faith. She has hope that the child is healthy, and she has faith by walking in faith, getting the things that she needs to prepare for that child, the crib and all of that. That the child is gonna ha- is gonna come. And everything is going to be well. The child is not here yet. Okay. But she has faith that in nine months or in five months or in two months or in a couple weeks or even a couple days that she's going to hold the baby in her hand. Anything can happen to the baby during birth. Right. The baby could die. The baby could have issues. Complications could happen. But she has faith that it will not be so. And so what the Lord was telling me this morning was that. You know, many of you are lacking in hope. That's why your faith is less. Your faith is not as great as it used to be because your hope is, is basically broken. Your hope is, you know, demolished. And so God is telling me to, to, to let you know that you have to kick, start your hope again. Start hoping again. How do you start hoping? you start you start decreeing the word of god i am the head not the tail you know when when you start to decree the word of god it gives you that it gives you that like just just that confidence that boldness that 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 yes i can do this by the strength of the lord philippians 4:13 i can do all things through Christ who strengthens me when you start to decree the word of god every day when you start to say i'm the head not the tail i am blessed going in i'm blessed coming out I am seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, that, you know, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me, that, you know, I am a conqueror in Christ, that, you know, um, I I have all that I need because I have the Lord on my side, that Exodus 14, 14, that, that I, I, all I need to do is to be still and let the Lord fight for me, that yes, I, I have, I am, I am a daughter of God, I am a son of God, if you're a man, you know, you can say, you know, uh the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want that yes, everything that I need, he has already given it to me and that I, I will possess. You know, when you start to decree the word of God, your hope starts to rise up. You start to have hope inside of you. And that's what God is saying, that if you want to see your faith magnify and increase, you have to decree the word of God because faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you decree the word of God, your hope will start to magnify and you will hear the word of God being said over yourself and then your faith is going to increase. And what God is telling me is that, you know, the substance of things hoped for, and and the evidence of things not seen. Evidence is very important. You know, many people, even like Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas did not have faith because he wanted to see evidence. He wanted to see, he wanted to put his hand, you know, in the side of Jesus. He wanted to see the, his hands where the hole was. He needed to see evidence. But that is not faith because the Bible says that blessed are those who who believe without seeing, right? And so... To have faith, you you cannot see it in the physical, but you can see it in the spirit. You know, you cannot see it without seeing it. What do I mean? You have to put on your spiritual eyes, okay? You have to see it before you see it. Many people who have the gift of faith, and I will tell you this, see it before they see it. How? How How do you know that God is trying to tell you to see it before you see it? This is how. God is telling me, God was telling me this morning, he says, you have to see the clues. Evidence is seen in the clues. He was telling me about, you know, how when uh, CSI, because I I love CSI. So sometimes God refers to CSI. You know, when you watch CSI, you know, uh, when I used to watch TV, when you watch CSI, sometimes they have a crime scene, but they don't have any evidence because the crime has been wiped clean, right? The person who committed a crime, did don't leave, leave any residue because they were clever enough to remove every evidence, right? And so even though they are clever enough to re- remove every evidence, there is still something there that is hidden, that is that is still evident there. But the, the investigators have to search for it. So you have to search for the evidence. You know, sometimes in the CSI, they search for the evidence by Putting on, you know, blue light, green light, whatever. They they take on their white gloves and look for hair and dust and skin cells and all of that stuff. You have to find your evidence. The Lord is saying evidence of things not seen, and this this is this is what God is saying. You have to find the clues. Many of the investigations in the CSI they look for clues. Clues lead to other clues, right? And eventually they find out who did who did the crime. The Lord says that your clues are seen in the people around you, the people that he brings around you. There are somebody, you know, that's listening, that you're like, oh, I want to get married. Why is everybody getting married around me? But I'm not getting married. Your clue is that everybody is getting married around you, so therefore you are going to get married soon. That is your clue. When you are somebody trying to get a property, and, you you know, maybe you're living in a one-bedroom apartment, and you're like, you, you desire to have a house. And God, you know, God keeps sending you to people who have houses that you have to minister to or you have to, you know, do business with. And you and you see all the big houses. Do not let envy creep in. You know, do not do not let envy creep in, but let let evidence creep in. Let, you know, tell yourself this is the evidence. God is if God keeps sending you to people who have houses, that is your evidence that God is about to bless you with the house. So do not let jealousy creep in like, oh, everybody's getting married or God is sending me to people who have houses and families or people who are, bar- who are pregnant and having kids or people who have bigger ministries than I have and, you know, they're prospering in their church, they're doing great things in your church, in the community, and, you know, your church is not doing great things in the community. Well, guess what? God is trying to show you the evidence that you have to see. You know, he's using other people's success to give you evidence to see what it is that is going to come in your life. And so if you want to see the clues, what God is doing in your life concerning faith, look around you. What is he doing around you through people around you? You know, he's giving you clues what it is that is going to happen in your life as well. Okay. And so Hebrews 11, 1 talks about, you know, faith and hope substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen you've not seen it in your life per se but you've seen it in other people's lives and so if god is blessing the one next to you then you are up next your faith has to increase and you have to congratulate and be happy for those that he's blessing around you because god is watching your steward your stewardship of of love of you know joy for other people Okay, he's he's watching that. Can you celebrate other people's success and 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 have the same one that you were hoping for? So I know you know we started with faith, but God is literally letting you know that your faith needs to increase by you realizing the clues that he's set around you and you igniting your hope. Okay? You igniting your hope and I don't think that he took me to Hebrews one one for no reason because it says here, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. There are a lot of people that God will send around you that can literally prophesy what's about to happen in your life. Do you know that people around you, what is happening in your life is prophesying to you about what God is going to do in your life? So in times and in different times and in different seasons and in different various you know, ways, he speaks to you. God will show you what is about to happen. But you have to see it and take the clues in and say yes. You know, if I don't know why I'm sharing this, but if you're somebody that, you know, in this 2021, 2022 and even 2020. Yeah, 2020, 2021 and 2022, people were buying property. That was a great time to possess because. This is a time to possess land because the land is cheaper now. So if you're somebody wanting to possess land and you keep, you know, driving past land or driving past buildings that are being built right now or, you know, you keep seeing vacant stores because maybe you want to have a store or maybe you want to have, you know, a front front store church or whatever it is, ministry a business, you know, and you keep finding yourself seeing these things, God is trying to show you the evidence of things not seen. So you need to walk in that. So I'm here to, you know, encourage you, research, call them, ask them about it, you know, go and get the crib, go and walk in the faith, walk in it, walk. I want you to do a prophetic act right now. I want you to just start picking up your feet. Yep, start picking up your feet. Just start picking up your feet and walking. Just walk walk back and forth. You are possessing, okay? So walk back and forth, and you are possessing, okay? So that is your faith encouragement today. Um, I hope that this blessed you. This was a rhema word for you, or just an encouragement, okay? That you have to increase your faith in this season. And that comes with hope, increasing your hope by speaking the word of God over yourself, you know, um, and also watching for the clues. God speaks in so many ways. You know, his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. Many times we are looking at things with the natural eyes, but God is looking at it with the spiritual eyes. And it reminds me of when, you know, he met the woman at the well. You know, she was talking about physical water, but he was talking about spiritual water, you know. So we have to come to that understanding that God's, you know, his thoughts are not our thoughts. His, his, his words are not our words, right? The way he thinks about things, it's not how we think about it. So we have to ask him, how do you think about it, God? How can I think about this? How, why is it that you keep showing me this, or you keep leading me to this place, or you keep sending people who are, you know, you know having this type of uh, joy in their life around me? Because he's about to bless you with it, you know? So in the coming days, I just want you to ask the Lord, God, show me your thoughts. You know, let my thoughts be your thoughts. Let my, my you know, my let, let your thoughts be my thoughts. Let your comprehension be my comprehension. Help me to think like you, Jesus. Help me to see like you. Help me to hear like you. Help me to feel like you. Help me to walk in the Spirit. Because the Lord says that in Romans 8, you know, it says, those that are led by the Spirit of the Lord are the sons of God, right? And so let faith Increase in you by walking with the Spirit of the Lord, by decreeing over yourself, by hearing the word of God constantly, and also by um, looking for the clues. Yeah, look for the clues. You will find it. Ask God, and I even pray now, God, the Holy Spirit, that you will open up their eye gates. Help them to see the clues that you have set around them, Adonai. Help them to see it. Open your eyes. Oh God, I pray that you remove the scales off of their eyes, that they will be able to see. Just as Elisha said, open, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. Just as Elijah said, open his eyes, Lord, that he may see. There are chariots of fire around you. They are more with you than there is against you. Look for the clues. Open their eye gates, Adonai. Let the fire of God come upon your eyes in the name of Jesus. Burn every distraction, everything that you're holding onto that is not of you, that is causing them not to see the clues that you've set before them, the evidence of things not seen. Help them to see the evidence, the evidence. They've not seen the holiness, what you're going to do, but God, help them to see the evidence of things not seen so that they can see it in their lives. I thank you and I bless your holy name. It's in the name of Jesus we do pray. Amen. Luther King said that faith is taking the first step, even if you don't see the whole staircase. So that's your quote for today. (laughs) All right, so let's go into the teaching. Okay, what is the spirit of perversion? The spirit of perversion is a spirit that twists and basically um, makes the things of God 360, meaning that it literally... Um, well, 180, it, turned, it twisted around. It, so, you know, we know about homosexuality. The Bible says that a man shall leave his father and mother's house and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one, right? And even when God um, caused Noah to build the ark, he told Noah to um, take a male and a female into the ark, Right? Uh, it says here in Genesis 6. Um, Genesis six nineteen, and It says, and Of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female. Okay. Even when God destroyed the earth many, many years ago, when he told Noah to bring... You know, some of the earth into uh, the ark. Some of them were clean, and some of them were unclean. Even that, he did not say bring a man and a man. He did not say bring a woman and a woman. He said, "What, well, bring two of each: a female, a male, and a female." So, what the spirit of perversion does is that it twists and it it makes the things of God the opposite. That's why people who have the spirit of homosexuality want to be the opposite of what they are. And um, that's why, you know, people who are addicted to pornography, masturbation, sex outside of marriage, sex in adultery, uh, fornication, all of that are the opposite of what God wants for us. So... And it also ties with rebellion because you are literally like going against the word of God. So rebellion is as witchcraft, the Bible says. Whenever you stray away from the word of God, you are in rebellion. And so the spirit of perversion has a lot of demons with it. That's why uh, you cannot just command that spirit to go, uh, especially if the person doesn't want it to go. Uh, You have to really dig deep to the core of it. Because the enemy is always looking for sin to stay. Okay, demons always look for a legal right to stay, and so the spirit of perversion is a twisting spirit. It twists the word of God. Uh, that's why there's something called a Kundalini spirit. Uh, that spirit is basically uh, a spirit that um, teaches false doctrine. Okay, um, perversion always does the opposite. Of what the word of God is saying, it is a twisting spirit, and that's why in the in the kingdom of in the kingdom of God, there are different um, species that are different animals that are in connection with um, spirits. So, like eagles are known to be what connected to prophets. You know, ox. The ox is known. The ox plowed the land. It's connected to apostles, right? Uh, a dove. Some people, you know, it's symbolism of the Holy Spirit, like we all know. Um, but also in the kingdom of darkness, they are, you know, animals connected to those demons. Okay, so the spirit of perversion, its animal is a snake. People who have the spirit of perversion have a snake spirit, okay? Like uh, Paul talked about the, you know, in the Word of God, in the book of Acts, we see that the the divination, the girl with the divination spirit has had a python spirit, okay? Um, She was in witchcraft, in divination, in rebellion, okay? Okay. the enemy uses snake symbolism of demonic. That's why we see in the garden, he came to Eve and Adam as what? A snake. Um, people who have the spirit of perversion always has a, a, a snake spirit in them. Um, they behave as a snake when you are casting that spirit out when you are doing deliverance you will you hear them hiss if you're somebody whose ears are open in the spirit you will hear them hiss you will see them behave snake like they will twist your head um you know and even god will show you the snake in the realm of the spirit you will see the snake the color of the snake uh different snakes have different meaning different color snakes have different color meanings And I'm saying this because I have had visions where I've seen, um, you know, uh, as somebody who was getting delivered from the spirit of perversion at a church. I was sitting there and, you know, as as the pastor was telling her to renounce that spirit, I saw a vision of a snake, a, a yellow snake, you know, around her. And, you know, we know that the python spirit comes to squeeze out every bit of glory, every bit, every bit of righteousness in you. Um, that's what the python spirit is. That's why, um, you know, we see even in the word of God in Genesis, the snake came to destroy that relationship that they had with the Lord. They walk in the garden with God. Okay, so what the python spirit does is that it comes to Remove your connection to God, so whenever you have a spirit of divinity, uh, spirit of perversion of python you't you, you cannot worship like you should you cannot pray like you should because it comes to squeeze every anointing every glory, every righteousness out of you um, and so people who have the the spirit of uh, perversion has they whenever they're manifesting and you're casting out that demon. They will start to, you know, um, they'll fall on the ground and they'll start to move like a snake. Um, they'll start to hiss. I remember the first time I, I heard I heard that, I was like, whoa. <laughs> uh, and I share personal experiences because I want you to know the reality of it, okay? I can tell you somebody else's, but I'm sharing personal experiences because I want you to know that this is real, okay? Um I remember the first time I heard that hiss, Uh, you know, one thing about people who have the spirit of perversion is that they like to attach themselves with people who are anointed because that spirit, like we see it in the book of Acts, right? The girl with the divination spirit wanted to, was following, you know, Paul and the apostles, Every time, that spirit likes to be around people who are anointed because it needs to, that is how it gets stronger, is by wrapping itself around those that are anointed to to basically drain them of their anointing, their glory, their their righteousness, what is in them, okay, the fire in them. And so I remember I, I was at a certain job, and there was this girl, she was just very forceful like she wanted to be my friend so bad like always coming around me like the first day i got there she was like walking behind me like walking close to me i was like oh my god see i you know when you have the the gift of discernment you can discern this is not from the lord you can discern it i so immediately i knew i was like this is an agent of the enemy i just know it i know when you know god is sending somebody to me to minister to them and I know when the enemy is sending them. And so immediately I just discerned, this is not from the Lord. She was very possessive, very, and I didn't even know her. She's you know, very, um, very, um, what's the word, forceful, For, very, very forceful. And so, um, you know, I would say hi to everybody. And I knew internally, I knew I'm not going to be friends with this person. No way. Because I already discerned things that I'm like, okay. And um, over time, she would come around me, and then I started to speak in tongues. So when I started to, you know, because we have masks on. So when I I started to speak in tongues under my breath, that's when the demon inside of her hissed. And I remember when I first heard it, I was like, what is that? Oh, my God. I knew it was a spirit, but I, I couldn't discern what it was. And so I remember I asked my apostle, I was like, hey, you know, what is, what is this? The person was hissing. And, you know, he said, it's a snake, it's a snake spirit inside a girl. I wasn't scared because I know who I am in Christ. I know my authority in Christ. So, you know, I I wasn't scared of that. I I knew what I was dealing with and knew how to handle that spirit, um, but when you meet somebody who has a, a, a perversive spirit, when you start to pray in tongues, when you start to, um, you know, when the anointing of the Lord comes in the room, they will hiss. They will hiss. They will behave like a snake. Um, and people who have the, the, the spirit of homosexuality, the demon of homosexuality, sodomy uh, spirit. When you, you know, in this season of my life, in this season right now that I'm in, every time I meet people, I intentionally identify them by who God called them to be. I always say, thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. I never did that until this, this century, until this season, until this, you know, this year. Um, I do that because... I realized that there's this spirit of perversion that is trying to cause people to deny who God called them to be, who their identity is as a man or as a woman. And so part of my ministry of, you know, loving on people as I go out in the world is to identify them as who God called them to be, especially those who have the spirit of perversion, homosexuality. I remember... A couple days ago, I went to get groceries. I went to get some groceries from the store. You know, uh, when you um, pick up your groceries, you you shop online and you pick it up. I was there. I was waiting with my cart. And then this girl came, and she was dressed like a a guy. She was behaving like a man. You know, when you meet, uh, and I'm talking to somebody here to help you to walk um walk in ministry without making the people feel uncomfortable. Uh some, you know, many of us want to go up to somebody who is struggling with homosexuality and say, You are wrong. Yes, they are wrong. They're definitely wrong. Every bit of their lifestyle is not right. But majority of them are hurt. They are very, very hurt. They are rejected, they are hurt. they're hurt, you're wounded. And so, um, you have to you have to go about it uh very lightly okay you have to use wisdom a lot of wisdom because you could cause more hurt okay because we want to you know the bible says that we are earth in vessel right we are vessels and earth our body is earth and now our, our vessel our vessel is the is spirit within us the holy spirit within us so you want to salvage you want to you want to you want to rescue the vessel, and you want to um, purify the earth, okay, the body. You don't, you, you have to be careful what you say because what you say can cause them to reject your whole ministry of trying to talk to them and trying to preach to them. Uh, you don't agree with them. You let them know, I don't agree with your lifestyle. I know that perversion, homosexuality, you know, masturbation, um, pornography, addiction is wrong. But I want to show you that there is one that can love you and help you come out of that, that place that you were rejected, that place that you were hurt. And so for me personally, in this season of my life, every time I meet somebody, especially with that girl that I, I met, um, and this is what I said. I said, thank you, ma'am. I know she looked like a man. She was dressed like a man and everything, but she's a woman. I intentionally said, thank you, ma'am. Thank you, miss. Thank you, ma'am. And then immediately when I said that, she started to behave like a woman. Like, I kid you not, just a little bit of femininity rose up in her. And I was just amazed. I was like, whoa. Just by me saying thank you, ma'am, recognizing her as a miss, as a ma'am, as a, as a woman, she started to walk like a woman. Like, it, like minutes ago, she was behaving like a man. But immediately when I said, thank you, ma'am, thank you, miss, her demeanor changed. So many of these um, people who are dealing with these spirits, they need somebody to recognize who God called them to be. Because when you, and I have done this many times, when I meet people, especially those that are struggling with homosexuality, I intentionally, I Intentionally call them by the name that God called them by. I remember there uh, there was a guy who was, and this is something I've realized. Part of my job, um, I go to people, I go to like apartments sometimes to to do certain things. And um, I have come to realize that the spirit of perversion has erupted into um, the industry of real estate. The spirit of perversion has come into the industry of apartment. It's like many times, I'll say like out of, I'll say seven out of ten times that I go to different apartments, I have seen somebody who's sitting at the forefront of that apartment at the leasing office who is gay, who is a homosexual. And I was asking the Lord, why is the spirit of perversion, the spirit of homosexuality so prevalent now, in real estate, because that is where family dwells. That is where family is. So the enemy is, come, is trying to come through family and is using apartment complexes, real estate, to come in. So if you are somebody at an apartment and a homosexual person is sitting at the doorpost of your apartment, guarding their apartment, that is a doorway for the enemy. As a doorway. And every time I see that, I kept seeing it. I was like, my God. The spirit of perversion has erupted into real estate, into apartment complexes. Because the enemy wants to make it um, okay. Make it as part of the mountain of influence of family. Do you see what the enemy is doing? And so... I remember i i went to my uh apartment to get you know um a a cart to move something and as i got there the guy came there and he was dressed like a man and i i discerned you know and immediately i looked at his finger nails and he he had like long nails like women nails and it was painted black and i i looked at him i said thank you sir and the spirit within him groaned, was angry I I heard it like it it moaned like ugh, and I was like oh my I you know internally I was like oh my but outwardly I was very you know alert like I was not like scared or anything because demons can sense when you're afraid okay and so I looked at him and he you know, he was very upset, you know, the demon inside of him was very very upset, and I say this because many of you are going to listen to this podcast episodes, and I'm going to talk, and go into depth, and different things I'm going to say, the spirit within you is going to be upset, okay, it's not you that's upset, it's the spirit inside of you that's upset, when that demon is cast out, you're not going to be upset anymore, so if you get angry, if you get moan, and if you're angry and you, you know, all these emotions rise up, know, know that it's not you, it's a demon inside of you that is upset. If you are somebody struggling with perversion, that spirit is not going to be happy listening to this, okay? So I want you to differentiate between that. Uh, you know, even me, when people were telling, you know, when I was being told, oh, you dress very seductively you know, in many years ago, I was upset, like, no, how, like, they are jealous of my, you know, my my hips, and they're jealous of how I look, and they wish they had, you know, my figure, that was the spirit, right, that was the spirit, now, I don't think people are jealous of, you know, what I look like, now, but that was the spirit, because the spirit was trying to, you know, lie to me, and let me think that, you know, people were envious, but they were, they were not, right, they were just trying to help me, So I want you to know that. That's why I'm saying this, is that you're going to feel those things. You're going to be upset. You want to turn off the, you know, the podcast and all of that. But don't, because that spirit is the one speaking to you, okay? And so, you know, in this season, I'm very intentional in telling people, thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. I don't care how you're dressed. I don't care if you're dressed from head to toe, you know, as a woman, but if you're a man, I'm still going to say, thank you, sir. Even if you're in a dress, I'm still going to say, thank you, sir. And I know that spirit, when I said, thank you, sir, to that guy with the nails, I know that spirit didn't like me. Every time he came back, I said, thank you, sir. I, every time I acknowledge him as, as sir, and it got to the point, whenever he saw me, he would like, he. you could tell the spirit was like, ugh, right? So I, I always acknowledge him. Hi, how are you doing, sir? you know, I, I did not care. That spirit was moaning and groaning and angry. I could hear it. I did not care because part of our, our as, as, as children of God in the world, we, we we might not go to people and tell them, you know, what you're doing, how you're living is wrong. Uh, we, we, we are to tell them that, but you know, you have, sometimes you have to have a relationship. You have to have a, a um, you have to have a trust before you can start to speak the word of god because you want them to receive it right but in 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 our day-to-day just passing by somebody you can minister to those people you know that are struggling by acknowledging them as who god called them to be i acknowledge them i i told the girl thank you miss she started to behave differently because she needed somebody to remind her that she's a woman okay and so go around and and acknowledge people as Miss, by you know, as as a female, and acknowledge them as a, as a man, because you know when you acknowledge them by who God made them to be, you are in a way defeating the enemy's assignment. I was so, I was like, whoa, she just started to behave like a woman just by me saying thank you, Miss. So um, let's let's put that back into play. Don't don't go along with that spirit and call somebody. A, a a man a mister if they're a woman because then you're agreeing with that spirit all right so uh let's go into the teaching all right so covenant we already talked about you know what the pervert the spirit of perversion is it's a python spirit and you know uh if you're somebody with the spirit of perversion uh homosexuality lesbianism um lust of the eyes um you know, uh, pornography, masturbation. Uh, don't be scared that you have a, a snake spirit inside of you. Don't be. Uh, it's it's there, and it will come out. Don't be scared of it. There are people, you know. Um, the occult, the occult, uh, the animal for the occult is um, a spider. Okay um a spider and also a um, is the black animal it's a um, oh lord what is it it's not a snake well some of them is a snake but it's a spider and a um is this animal when, when it bites you you could die literally die uh, it's not coming to me but it's part of the uh, spider, it's part of the spider kingdom, you know, the, uh, uh, the insect kingdom. It's, um, Is this black animal, oh my, I'm, I'm trying to remember, I see it, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Anyway, oh, come to me. Um, and so, there are different animals when it comes to the demonic side of, you know when you when you are you are in deliverance when you were a deliverance minister when spirits start to manifest and people start to act like a fish or you know act like leviathan act like a a dragon you know because dragon is leviathan uh, an antichrist is also dragon um, when you when you see deliverance happen and people start to manifest like animals, some people, yeah, some people like, um, the Holy Spirit is reminding me, cats. People who have witchcraft, they, have, they behave like cats and dogs. So um, there's a lot that happens. When you step into deliverance and when you see deliverance happen and you see people manifesting like animals, it is real. Uh, so if you're dealing with homosexuality, yeah, you do have a spirit of Python inside of you, but do not be scared because it's been there for a while and um, it's not gonna harm you. Uh, it's not. It's not. The demons cannot kill you. Okay, they they need you to stay alive, but they can torment you. They can destroy your life. All right, so let's go into um, the teaching of covenant. The reason why God is leading me to t- talk about covenant is because. Um, the enemy is always after covenant first. Okay, he wants to destroy your covenant with God, your relationship with God. That's why, like I said, he came to the garden. Basically, you know, God told Adam and Eve, you know, everything in this in this garden you can eat, you can touch, but do not eat of the fruit. Okay, of the tree of life. But then the woman looked, and she kept looking. Okay. She kept looking and looking, and then she, then she thought to herself, mm, this could be good for food, right? It says, for God knows that, uh, it says here, um, Genesis 1. Genesis 1, it says that, then Genesis 1.15, says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, "Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die." But then the enemy comes and said, "For God knows that in the day you eat of it your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil." And that's uh, Genesis two um, Genesis three, um, three five. And so it says here, Genesis 3, 6, So when the, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. See, the Lord says that do not eat it. He didn't say do not touch it. He said do not eat it. Right? Um, you shall not eat of it. Right? So here she is. She's looking at it, and that's how, that's how the enemy does when it comes to sin. When it comes to sin, especially if you're dealing with you know pornography, uh, masturbation, it start with sin. And and the Holy Spirit is reminding me even right now when David looked at Bathsheba, right? Bathsheba was bathing. He kept saying that he kept looking. That's the thing about the enemy is that. You know, he wants to entice you. He wants to show you what you could have that God said you should not have. And that's part of um, perversion is that the enemy still uses this thing from Genesis to help people, to keep people bound. Okay. Uh, Is to tempt you. Okay. It says the woman saw that the tree was good for food. She looked at it and then it, it was pleasant to the eyes. The more she looked at it the more it became pleasant to her and a treat and then she became this then she, she started to desire because okay, and a treat and, and it says and a treat desirable to make one wise right so and then she took it and she ate it Job said that he made a covenant with his eyes that he would not set his eyes on a woman the Bible says that do not, look at a woman for, do not look at a woman with lust for in doing so you've committed adultery with her in your heart. You know, your eyes are your gateway. It's very important to keep your eyes pure. Your eyes are very, very important. That's why it's important to make a covenant with your eyes just as Job did. Because before you can indulge in sin, you have to see it. And the enemy knows that. That's why people who have the spirit of perversion—homosexuality, lesbianism, uh, pornography, masturbation, uh, dressing very seductively, adultery, sex outside of marriage—you know, fornication—that's why they they look at things. Okay, people who have um, homosexuality, they look they look at people's you know, private private areas. People who have uh, pornography issues, they look at porn with their eyes. People who dress seductively, they look at seductive outfits and they put it on. It's all about the eyes when it comes to the enemy. The eyes is the gateway. So um, you have to make a covenant with your eyes that you will not set your eyes on unclean things. Because before you can like something, you have to see it, right? Many of us, we have to see it before we buy it, right? Um, we have to see it before we buy it because when we look at it, it stirs something inside of us. We 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 like it, right? Matthew six twenty two says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. And so whenever you don't, Allow your your eyes to be the lamp of light. You allow your eyes to be the lamp of darkness. And how great is that darkness, right? So people who have the spirit of perversion, their eyes are tainted. Their eyes is not in covenant with God, but in covenant with the enemy. And so they look at things like how, um, the uh, how Eve looked at, you know, things. Eve looked at the tree. And saw it to be good. When God said, no, no, no. She started to have pleasure in her eyes. It was pleasant to her eyes. And the, the tree became desirable. The same with, with perversion. You look at it. The more you look at it, it becomes pleasant to your eyes. Maybe then it becomes pleasant to your eyes. And then you start to desire it. And so it's important that you make a covenant with your eyes. I always say that people who have the gift of who, who well who are seers, who are able to see in the spirit, the enemy tries to take over their eyes at a young age by pornography. Because if the enemy can have your eyes focused on the wrong things, then God cannot really have your eyes because you cannot serve two masters, right? So either God has your eyes or the enemy has your eyes. So I just want to ask you, what are you focusing on? What what is What does your eyes look at? On on a daily basis, I want you to take inventory of what your eyes are looking at. If you are somebody who keeps, if you're a man that keeps looking at um, another man's butt or another man's, you know, private areas, and you can't help it. Um, Or if you're a woman that you keep looking at somebody's, another woman's butt, another woman's private areas, and you're actually like lusting after it, and you're you know looking at your private parts you are struggling with homosexuality there's spirit that spirit is around you in you somewhere and some you know if if you cannot help it and you cannot stop it and you keep looking it's because that spirit within you is the one that's causing you to do it um and that's why God is talking about covenant because when you make your when, when you make covenant with your eyes with God you don't yield your eye gates to the enemy it says in um, Psalms 101 3 I will not set before my eyes any, anything that is worthless I hate the work of those who fall away it is not cl- it, it shall not cling to me uh first Samuel 16 7 it says but the Lord said to samuel do not look on his appearance or on this on the height of his stature because i have rejected him for the lord sees not as man sees man looks at on the outward appearance but god looks on the heart second king six seventeen. then elisha prayed and said oh lord please open his eyes that he may see so that so the lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. psalms 119 18 open my eyes that i may behold wondrous things out of your law um luke 11:33 to 36 it says no one after lighting a lamp puts it in a sealer or under under a basket but on a stand so that those who enter may see the light your eye is the lamp of your body when your eye is healthy your whole body is full of light but when it is bad your body is full of darkness therefore be careful lest the light in you be darkness if then your whole body is full of light having no part no part dark it will it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light Matthew 5:28 it says but i say to you that whoever looks whoever looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Proverbs twenty twelve says the hearing the hearing ear and the seen eye, the Lord has made them both. It says Matthew five twenty-nine If your eye if your right eye causes you to sing, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. Job thirty-one, one it says, "I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then can I, how then could I gaze? How then could I gaze at a virgin?" Psalms one, nineteen, thirty-seven it says, "Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways." So, the eyes is very important to the Lord. Okay, and I want to talk about covenant. The meaning of covenant let's look at it the meaning of covenant so what is covenant covenant is an agreement an agreement before um after the last episode of this perversion series i told you that you have to make an agreement that you're going to want to be set free part of the agreement is making an agreement with your eyes because your eyes is where the enemy starts when it comes to perversion start with your eyes. Yes, you know, uh, the spirit of rejection opens the door for perversion. But if you already have that spirit inside of you, your eye gate is how the enemy feeds that spirit. Every demon needs to be fed, every demon. That's why people who have the spirit of perversion likes to look at people's private parts. That's why people who have the spirit of perversion like to look at pornography, like to uh, masturbate, you know, because they have to feed that spirit. A demon that is not fed does not want to stay. But if you don't feed it, it will it will do other things, and and that's going to another teaching, And I'm not gonna go back. I'm not gonna go there. But um, demons have to be fed. The spirit inside of you, if it's a spirit of per- perversion, which is either homosexuality, lesbianism, pornography, masturbation, it needs to be fed to stay. And so even with how I used to dress, I was feeding that spirit. Okay. So that's why I'm saying that you have to make an agreement with your eyes because everything that you desire start with your eyes. If you you know, as a as a woman, you know, when I go to the store and I see a nice guy, you know, and I see a guy and he has like nice beard and he's tall and looks really good he's has a nice outfit on and he's well groomed and he smells nice you know not this strong smells that you guys sometimes put on anyway um it's my eyes that is seeing him right and so the same with the spirit of perversion your eyes are the gates are the gate to your wholeness People who have been delivered from the spirit of perversion, they have made a covenant with their eyes. Because the enemy is always wanting to get your eyes to set on him. That's why the Bible says that, you know, we have to keep our eyes set on, on God, on things above, not on things of this world, right? The enemy is after your eyes. If you're dealing with perversion, the enemy is after your eyes. That is the first the first place it goes. the first step is your eyes that 's why I'm talking about covenant with your eyes. You have to make a covenant an agreement with your eyes that you will not yield your eye gate to sin. you will not yield your eye gate to sin. What is a covenant pertaining to the bible agreement in the Bible covenants are special because God is the one that makes covenant with men. Biblical covenants have three parts. The first part is a statement about God's saving act. What God brings to agreement, okay? The second one is a statement about what God expects from humanity in response. So the first one is God is going to do something to save, okay? In his part when he makes covenant. And then another part is that you, humanity, the person... Making a covenant with God has to do his part or her part. The third is a sign or a symbol as a reminder of the covenant. There is always a sign or a symbol when it comes to covenant, biblical covenants. Okay, we see that in Genesis, okay? The first covenant that God made was with Adam and Eve um, by the creation, by the garden, right? Um. Genesis begins with the creation. God gave man; He made covenant with man, and He gave rule over the over the universe to man, to Adam. Okay, He made He caused him to have responsibility to steward what God has created. Um, Then we see that you know, God focuses on making more of His descendants through Abraham. Right. And then um, Sarah and then Rebecca, Isaac and all of that, Leah, Rachel, Jacob, Joseph, you know, they all were made to see to see the the advancement of what God created to happen. And also the question of faithfulness to the covenant. And even now, we're still we're still being faithful to the covenant that we have with the Lord from the beginning of. Genesis, right? And God is still keeping his covenant with that he made with our forefathers, right? We see in Exodus the same covenant. We have covenant in Exodus. Exodus talks, centers about the escape of God's people from Egypt, right? The Israelites uh, were under Pharaoh, right? And so God sent a leader, Moses, to go forth and remove them. And God made a covenant in what at Mount Sinai. Right, the parts of the covenant was clear. God was a saving God, and we see it in the Passover in Exodus. Right, the expectation of human response is that uh, it's basically summarizing the Ten Commandments. What the expectation was is in the Ten Commandments. We know that you know Moses was upset and he broke the the first covenant, the first. 10 commandments that God gave him. Um, And then the feast of the Passover is also a great sign and a reminder that we have a covenant with God. We see Moses, Aaron, uh, Miriam are both leaders that God positioned, right, to be the covenant keepers. Leviticus, we see that Leviticus um, is a book basically it, the concern of this book is holiness of the community of Israel. Holiness means to be set apart by God for a special purpose. Holiness is expressed through the form of worship, how you live your life, the love of God in the routine of your daily life. Okay. Um, we see that covenants were made in, in Leviticus. We see in Numbers as well. Numbers is talking about the census. You It know, begins in the book of Numbers about the census includes the great account of this of the spies that entered Canaan, the 40 years of wandering, right, the miracles of Moses. The book ends with um, Israel preparing to enter the promised land under the leadership of Joshua. Even then, God made a covenant with Joshua. Deuteronomy talks about Moses' farewell speech before the tribes enter the land. Um, and also reviews God's act of salvation and implication of salvation for life. So we see that in the first five books of the word of God, Genesis, Exodus, Exodus Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. There are covenants that were made, okay, and there. And even now, we can still make covenants with the Lord. And those covenants have not been broken unless you let the enemy cause you to stray out of the presence of God. There are people who um, break covenants and actually make covenants with the enemy to get power and all of that. But God wants to let you know that for your freedom to happen, you have to make a covenant. You have to reestablish your covenant with God. Because when you are somebody who is dealing with perversion and you stray away from... The, uh, the will of God, from the call of God on your life as a woman, and you behave like a man, or if you're a man and you behave like a woman, or if you are masturbating and you're watching porn and you're dressing seductively and you're sleeping with somebody outside of your marriage or you're fornicating, you are out of covenant with God. Especially the more you actually live in that, in that sin. That sin becomes your covenant, many people don't know this, but when you actually go out and you purchase a um, when you purchase things that are not of god, you're actually making a covenant with the enemy you are remember when in the book of um, in the in the book of Let me, hold on, I think it's in the book of Joshua, yep. Remember when the Lord told them to destroy everything that they got in that specific city? But then there was one of them that literally put the items underneath the tent. The items, those were idle things. But he dug through and he put the items underneath the tent in the ground. And that person and all their family were killed. Why? Because whenever you take things that are not of God into your home, into your life, you're making a covenant with that thing and that, and that idol and that God. That is why people who live the lifestyle of homosexuality and they actually go out and buy homosexual outfits, you make, you, you, you made a covenant with the spirit of sodomy. You made a covenant by purchasing those items. And so whenever you do that, you open a door for tormenting spirit, for... Spirits of Jezebel, seducing spirit, to come around you, because you made a covenant. Nobody wakes up and start masturbating. Nobody wakes up and start watching porn. Nobody wakes up and start dressing like a man or a woman. And I was asking the Lord, how does that happen? And He took me to Genesis, and He was talking about how Adam, well, how Eve looked, and she looked and she looked and then she took she took and she ate the enemy weapon is patience the enemy's weapon is patience because the enemy needs to be patient with you to see you behave sinful the enemy was patient with with eve it says that she what she looked she started to Desire it. She started to see it as you know desirable, right? The enemy stood there and waited for her to keep looking and be patient with her. It says um, the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes. The devil waited for her to see that it was good for food. She he waited for her to see that it was pleasant to the eyes. He waited for her to see that it was a desirable tree for one to be wise. And he waited for her to take it and eat it. The, The devil has not changed his tactics. It's still the same. Okay? He has not changed it. So I was asking the Lord, how is it that somebody just wakes up and starts to dress as a man or starts to dress as a woman if they are the opposite sex? And... That comes after that spirit has entered a person. See, the is demons, they wait. They steady you. They wait to steady you. And then that's when they start to manifest inside of you. They start to speak to you and encourage you to do something. And sometimes if you're not good at discerning, you would think it's you or you think it's the Lord. Anything that's contrary to God's word is not him. Um, and so... You know, I I have personally seen the Lord deliver somebody from the spirit of perversion. And not just like, you know, with me, how I used to dress very seductively, but I've seen God deliver somebody from, you know, homosexuality. I've seen him deliver somebody from masturbation. I've seen him deliver somebody from pornography. So it is possible, but he does it, not people. He does it. And with covenant, you have to want it. You know, back in the day, back in the many years ago, how people make covenant was this. They will take, they'll make a blood covenant, okay? It's an agreement. They come together to make a covenant. They cut an animal in the middle, basically the middle of the animal, all right? They take the animal and they cut the middle of it. The blood you know comes out on the floor, and they walk on the floor where the blood is. They walk beside each other up and down, and as they are walking on it, they are reciting the covenant with each other, okay as they pass by each other, they're, they're reciting what the vow is, they exchange gifts, they exchange clothes, they exchange items, okay. It's an exchange that happens. And then also they cut their hands and they, they touch their hands together, their, their blood mixed together. And that's how they make covenants back in the day. Thank God we don't have to do that anymore, right? Just, and, and, and now covenants are made with what you say. There are people who go to fetish, fetish, uh, fetish priest go to idol worshipers, give them money for power. What do you think that is? Covenant. So if you're somebody who is dressing like a man, if you're a woman, or like a woman if you're a man, you going out there and buying those outfits, you are making a covenant with that spirit of sodomy. And so I was asking God, how is it that somebody starts to want desire to dress like opposite sex? First, the spirit already entered them. Then the spirit start to cause them to look, just as we see with Eve. Cause them to look. All of a sudden, you know, you start to look at the opposite sex. Like, oh, what if you dress like that, right? Right? You start to look at certain outfits. And, you know, the enemy is so cunning that he doesn't cause you to notice that you're looking. By the time you notice that you're looking, you're already wearing it. That's how the enemy does. He's patient. His strong weapon is patience. He's very patient. And that's why he studies for a long time. That's why demons study you for a long time. They don't just enter and start manifesting. No, because you, you quickly discern it. They will gradually start manifesting gradually. And so what the Lord was telling me is that there are demons sent to people who have perversive spirit around them to minister to them. Just as they are ministering angels, they are demons sent to convince, basically they are tormenting spirit that are sent to come and cause you to think of outfits that are not of God to be pleasant to your eyes to cause you to look at you know a suit and think oh yeah you know you, you should just why don't you just you know buy boxers instead of buying women's panties oh nobody will see it you know oh why don't you just you know buy a shirt a men's shirt you know, why, why don't you just wear baggy pants and a T-shirt? Right? That's how it does. You know, and by the time you realize it, all your closet is filled with baggy pants. Oh, it's comfortable that way. No, it's not. The enemy is speaking to you to cause you to wear baggy outfits. Oh, because it's comfortable. It's comfortable. By the time you, you realize it, you're, you're used to it. Then then you you go out and go and buy more of that. Oh, you know, men's shoes are more comfortable than women's shoes. No, that's not true. Oh, you know, um, men's boxers or men's pants are more comfortable than women's pants. That's not true. So that's what the enemy does. He sends spirits, their demons sent around you that that convince you that you should dress like that. That, you know, why don't you try it, you know? Why don't you try it? That's what the spirit sent you, sent to you to do. The the, the the serpent spirit is sent around you to come and convince you to try it. And so, majority of people who have a homosexual spirit they don't just wake up one day and start dressing like a man. They either get something that looks like a, a man, something that a man will get. And when they get away with it, then they go deeper. It's it's all about secrecy, you know, being secret about it. That's why, you know, majority of them, majority of them start out buying men's outfit, like underwear and bra. Nobody see it. you wearing it only you, and then all of, all of a sudden it turns to a top, and then makeup, and then eyes, and all of that, the enemy does it very seductively, very cunningly, very slowly, so if you're not in the word of God, if you're not seeking God, you would not be able to discern it. Majority of people who have struggled with that spirit normally uh, would say that they they did not pinpoint when that spirit caused them to go out and buy that outfit. All they knew is that they had a desire to go and buy that outfit because the enemy was feeding them gradually, ministering to them gradually, bringing around them Coupons of men's suit, bringing men who are wearing outfits around them to give them ideas, or bringing women around them with ideas of what to wear. I used to shop at Mac, but I stopped shopping there. I used to buy my makeup from Mac until I started to see. I remember I was putting on, on my makeup one day, and, and I just felt like I was like, ooh, just something. I just don't feel like I should. You know, I heard the Lord say, "You're not gonna go and shop at, Ma- at Mac anymore." You know, this is the last you know makeup set you're gonna you 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 got from Mac, and I, I didn't understand that, and I was like, "Okay, um, I don't know why." I really do like their makeup, you know. And then I went there, and I saw that their men dressed like women. They actually welcome homosexual. Um, practice there was a you know and I saw this twice I was like whoa there were men dressed in full black dress um, with makeup on on their eyes and I was like they went from men selling makeup to men actually dressing like a woman selling makeup that's when I knew okay I cannot spend my money here anymore I can't, because if I do, I am agreeing to the practices of that place. And so I stopped shopping there. So when people who have the spirit of perversion, homosexuality, they, 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 they don't just get up and just dress like that. The enemy brings around you people around you, clothes, okay? That will lead you to desire to dress like that. That's why God wants you to make a covenant with your eyes that you will set your eyes on righteous things. Because if you really make a covenant with your eyes to the Lord, the things that are not righteous, you will not desire it. Okay, if if Eve at that time saw the fruit and immediate, immediate, immediately remembered, wait, God said I should not eat of this fruit. She could have turned to the enemy and said, I see the fruit, but God said no. So I'm not going to eat the fruit. So if you have already bought, all right, okay. So I'll say this, there are, there are stages to this spirit, okay? There are stages to this spirit. I know I'm, I'm everywhere right now, but there are stages to this spirit. It's easier to deliver somebody who has not yielded to this lifestyle. I'm talking about homosexuality first, and then I'm going to later on talk about pornography and then... Um, masturbation later on. This spirit of homosexuality, it's there are different stages to it. It's not just one stage. Different stages. There's the stage of the spirit enter you through rejection, you know, um, hurt, pain, and all of that. Then, then, then there's the stage of persuasion. Okay, persuasion. And then there's a stage of breaking down your identity, okay? Are you really a man? Are you really a woman? That is that stage. Then there's the stage of lust, where your eyes lust after things, desire things that are not of God. Then there's a stage of yielding. Many people who are able to discern and realize that, wait, they do have a spirit of homosexuality at the the stage of lust are able to come out of that spirit quicker than those that yield to the spirit. The stage of yielding is when you actually go out and buy those outfits and actually date people that are the same sex because you have yielded to that spirit. Most people go into war when they realize that that spirit is in them. They fight that spirit at a stage of lust. So there, there are different st- stages of influence with this spirit. It's not just one stage. And there, and there are two different spirits with this spirit of homosexuality. There are those that still behave like a woman, but they lust after women. Then there are those that dress like a man, behave like a man, and lust after, after women. It's easier to come out if you are not behaving like a man. It's easier to deliver that person. But if you finally move into that stage of dressing like a man or dressing like a woman, it's harder to get you out of that place because you have made a covenant by what you purchased, what you wore. You made a covenant with the enemy. So you have to break that covenant. And even with who you slept with, you made a covenant. Sleeping with people is not just... Just pleasure. You're making agreements in the bedroom. So that's why I'm talking about covenant today. It's because you have to realize that even what you buy, what you entertain, can open a door for covenant, for agreement. The devil needs you to agree to see your life turn upside down. And so right now, I want to ask you, which one are you Are you the one that is struggling with lust of the eyes, because you have you have realized that you do have desires for the, the same sex, or are you the one that has yielded to the spirit and actually like walking in this spirit and actually like dressing like the opposite sex and dating the same sex? Which one are you? And then today, I want you to write down. This is the day that you agree with the Lord, that you want to be set free from this spirit. Because the next couple episodes, this spirit is not going to want to set you free. It's going to be a war. So you have to put down on paper, write the vision down, make it plain, right? Write it down and say this is the day that you decide to come out of this behavior, this lifestyle. Because you need to remember that day because the enemy will come and try to stop you from getting free from this spirit. So write down between you and God that you're making an agreement with God that you want to be free today, this day, whatever day you're listening to this episode and that you're making a covenant with your eyes that you and I want you to say after me God I'm making a covenant with you with my eyes that I will not set my eyes on anything unclean anything that is contrary to your word and so I I yield my eyes to you I repent for setting my eyes on things that are not of you forgive me father I repent and I renounce any spirit in my eyes that causes me to set my eyes on things that are not of you. In the name of Jesus, I resubmit my eye gates to you, God. I break, in the name of Jesus, every covenant that opened the door for the enemy to have his way in my eyes. I break the legal rights in the name of Jesus and I ask you, to take over my eye gates lord i ask you to send angels to help me with my eye gates. to set angels at the forefront of my eye gates and i ask you god to give me grace to give me mercy and to give me the boldness and the might to be able to resist the temptations of the enemy i take on my shield of faith to quench every fiery dot of the enemy through my eye gates In the name of Jesus, and I submit my eye gates to you, God. Jesus, please shine your light in my eye gates. Help me to remain pure with what I look at. In Jesus' name, amen. So the reason why we're talking about eye gates is because for the rest of these episodes, your eyes are important. That is where the enemy feeds. That is where the demon of perversion gets its food from, your eyes. You think it's your hands when you masturbate, or you think it's you know the dildo that you have in your room, or you think it's um, the outfit that you're wearing or who you're dating. No, it's your eyes. The enemy came for Eve's eyes before he came for anything else. Her eyes. So your eyes are important. It's the lamp to your soul, to your whole body. That's why I wanted you to make a covenant with your eyes to the Lord first, before we go into these teachings. And you're saying, oh, you've bought all of these clothes. What are you going to do? If you want to be free, throw it away. And believe God to bless you with $1,000 this month for you to go and buy new outfits. There was a, a woman who the enemy was convincing. She was in, a, in, a, in that stage of convincing where the devil was trying to lure her to look at men's outfit as pleasure, as pleasurable, as something that she could desire and actually wear. And she's a woman of God and she realized that. And you know what she did? She went to the store. She bought everything feminine she could find. She literally punched the enemy in the face by buying feminine clothes, dresses. She bought heels. She bought everything she could find that was feminine that she knew that she liked. In her spirit, she didn't like it because the demon was there. But she knew who she was before that spirit entered her. And she knew that she would like this specific items, and that spirit was angry inside of her she didn't she, she did not yield to that spirit she fought against that spirit, and by the grace of god she 's free. God is the one that healed her, that helped her, but she had to make it into her mind, into her soul, into her being that she wanted to be free she never Dated a woman, she never dressed like a woman, like a man. She, she always dressed like a woman. Even when she knew that spirit wanted her to do the, other, the opposite of that. And she had to fight with her eyes. Because the enemy would always bring around her people, Jezebel spirits, that were very seducing. And she had to fight it. She had to always ask the Lord to help her with her eye gates. So I have seen the Lord deliver somebody from that spirit. And it's possible to be delivered. And, you know, you might be like me, and you you dress very seductively. God has delivered me from that. God can deliver you from that, okay? Or maybe you might be somebody who... um, masturbate God can deliver you. But you have to want it. You have to want it. You know, you don't have to fall down to the ground. God can deliver you instantly. Instantly. You you might not even manifest like a snake. You might not you, you might not even manifest. God literally let me tell you, when I got delivered from dressing like you know, like I I had no sense. Um I was I remember like yesterday, I was in the mirror, I would dress very, I had this tight dress on, and I was about to go to church, and I was looking at myself in the mirror, and afterwards I turned around, I got to the door, and then I, I felt in my heart, I should turn around. So I turned around, and then that was the Holy Spirit telling me to turn, turn around. I turned around, and I looked at myself, and it's like I was a different person. That's when I got deliverance, when I, I I stepped to the door. The Lord delivered me when I stepped to the door. Mm. And so when I turned around, I saw myself, and it's like I saw myself in a different in a different way. I saw myself and I was like, "Oh my God, this is not a good outfit to wear be like a few minutes before that. I thought it was all good. I did not manifest in the room. I did not fall over. I did not, you know, hiss or anything. God just, it's like scales just fell off of my eyes. And I started to see myself how God wanted me to see myself. So God can deliver you, but do you want it? You know, I I want you to really write it down. Write a letter to yourself and to God this week. I want you to do that. Write a letter to God and yourself that you want to be free. Do you really want it? And if you do want it, every day this week, pray this prayer of your covenant. Remind God of your covenant with your eyes. Your eye gates, right? Your eye gates. That like you're not going to set your eyes. And the, and the thing is, with, with the spirit of perversion, with the spirit of homosexuality, you know, when, when you are trying to get out of that desire that you have, and that comes with every, every, um, every wrongful desire, Every wrongful desire, the enemy. When you're trying to get out of that desire, the enemy is going to send guilt. Is going to send condemnation your way. Is going to send um, shame your way. Is going to send um, torment your way. Okay, like you. You just have to repent. Repent. If you set your eyes on things that are not of of God, repent and ask God for forgiveness and keep on going. Because the thing is this, temptations will come. Okay? Temptations will come. Even me, for example. i would be tempted to date a guy and I knew he was not a Christian, you know, but he was cute. He was very handsome and he was cute and I really liked him and he really liked me. And I was really tempted to date him. But I knew, God said in his word, that you should not be unevenly yoked. And so I had to, you know, tell him, no, I'm not going to go on a date with him. I had to not go on that date. So I felt guilty, right? Like, oh, I could have, you know... Got on the, I could have gone on that date with him. I could have ta- told him about Jesus on the date. No, that's not of God. I could be his friend and tell him about Jesus, but he didn't want to hear about Jesus as, as a friend. So you're going to have temptations come your way, especially the fact that you made your mind to be free. But you can pray against temptations. The Bible says in the word of God, when Jesus taught about the, uh, the, the Lord's prayer, lead me not into temptations, but deliver me from evil. Temptations are not from God, they're from the enemy. Temptations are not um, sin, okay? If you yield to temptation, that's sin. So you're going out there in the world, Filled with perversion everywhere. You have to, when you see that spirit, you see the thing is, with the spirit of homosexuality, the spirit of masturbation, pornography, the enemy sends Jezebel, okay, seducing spirit. You will see seducing spirit everywhere. If you keep having seducing spirit coming around you, you have something inside of you. If you keep seeing see I used to sell leggings. I used to sell leggings on my um my on, on my business website. And then the and then the Lord told me to stop selling leggings. Leggings is not bad, but the use of leggings in this century is bad. I was talking to some men, you know. I was asking men about leggings. I'm like and majority of them, and I haven't heard a pastor preach once. He said, you know, all is well, but leggings are not well. He said, if, <laughs> I remember he was saying, if, if, if women stop wearing leggings, the world will be better. That's what he said on the platform. And I was like, what's, what's, the, what's the issue with leggings? Because men are visual creatures. They get distracted easily. And that's when I was like, oh, because when we wear leggings as women, we are basically, you know, seducing them. Well, not every man, because there are some men that, have, um, that are able to control themselves. But there are some men that are not. And so I stopped, I stopped selling le- leggings. And I don't wear leggings, just leggings outside. I wear something over it. So that's what I'm saying, that your eyes are so important. So that's what I'm talking about, covenant today. You have to make a covenant with your eyes because that's where the demons are. You know, when you're delivering people from spirits, you can see their eyes. You can see their spirit in their eyes. You can see a demon in people's eyes. It's not just when they manifest in front of you, but you can see it in your eyes. When you have... When you are somebody that can see in the spirit, you see a lot. Even this week, I saw this guy, and out of his mouth came black smoke. And he didn't know it. He was not smoking. I saw it in the spirit, and I was like, oh, my God. I, didn't, I was like, yeah. You see a lot when your, your eyes, your spiritual eyes are open. That is my, my hope for you that when you make a covenant with God about your eyes, that these demons will not be fed. Because the more you restrict them from being fed, the more it's hard for them to grow inside of you. Um yes, you can cast them out, but The reason why I'm teaching this is because I want to teach you so that you don't come back and stay. Because many people are ignorant of the devices of the enemy because they don't don't know how the enemy works. So when a demon leaves and then a demon comes back, they don't know how to get it out. And then they are seeking deliverance ministers. It's good to seek deliverance ministers, but if 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 you're not living smart, the, the the demon is going to keep coming and keep growing and keep living in you okay so i'm trying to teach you how to not entertain demons because when you if you if if you're if you want to if you want to destroy a strong man's house you have to first bind the strong man and you taking your eyes back from the enemy is you binding the strong man, is you dismantling the strong man, it's you breaking down the enemy, the portals that the enemy has. So if you're somebody dealing with pornography issues, pornography is a whole nother section I'm gonna to have to teach about. It it also ties to rejection, it it ties to instant pleasure because you, it's 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 like a drug, you know, when you, you you wanna you wanna feel good instantly because there's something going on wrong in your life. And so you wanna feel better about your life. But it's the thing is it's it's very quick and it's very it doesn't last. That's why you, you keep going back to it. Okay. Um Just as with the spirit of homosexuality, when it comes to the spirit of pornography, you have to make a covenant with your eyes. You have to. And with masturbation, too. You have to make a covenant with your eyes. Most people who have the spirit of pornography, um, they masturbate as well. Uh, With that spirit, it's easy to stop watching it. But... The last stage to get out of that spirit is masturbation. The masturbation part is the hardest part for people to get out of. It's not hard for people to get out of the stop-watching porn part, but it's the masturbation part that is the last, the last part to, to stop. So um, this ends the teaching for today. About covenant, I just wanted you to just make a covenant with your eyes. Give your eyes back to the Lord. Because that is where the enemy is feeding you. Your eyes. Your eyes. Okay? What you see. So now that you've made a covenant with your eyes, when you go to the store and you see those outfits that are not for w- women and you want to buy it, you know you're looking at something that does not belong to your closet because you're a woman or because you're a man you know that you're not you're looking at something that does not belong in your closet because you're a man or if you're masturbating you know you're not supposed to look at that because that's not of god okay so i hope that you got the understanding of this covenant before we end i want to read this Bible verses to you about covenant. Why the rainbow is a rainbow that God uses. It says here in, um, let me see. It says in, yep, in, um, Genesis 9, 11 to 17. Thus, I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall, I, shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never, never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is, a, this is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you. And he was talking to Abraham. I mean, excuse me, he was talking to Noah. He was talking to Noah, between me and the earth, it shall be when I bring, oh, excuse me, let's go back here, 12. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I set my rainbow in the cloud, and it shall be for the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. It shall be when I bring a cloud over the earth that the rainbow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant which is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. The water shall never again become a flood flood to destroy all flesh. The rainbow shall be in the cloud. And I will look on it to remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. And God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant which I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. And this is when, you know, um, in Genesis 6, Genesis 7, Genesis 8, we see that God walked with Noah and, you know, uh, it says in Genesis 6 13, it says, And God said to Noah, The end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. You know, and then God told him to make the ark, and he told him specific, you know, cubits and all that, height and depth and width and all that. And he obeyed, and he took, and he says, 17, and behold, I myself am bringing waters on the earth to, to, to destroy from under heaven all flesh in which is the breath of life everything that is on the earth shall die but i will establish my covenant with you and you shall go into the ark you your sons your your wife and your sons' wife with you and of every living thing of all flesh you shall bring two of every sort into the ark to keep them alive with you they shall be male and female so the rainbow is a covenant that god is not going to destroy the earth again with a flood you know the next one is going to be fire, right? so because the spirit of perversion is a twisting spirit, what God uses as a covenant is being used to glorify sin. so that is where the rainbow comes from that's where the clarity so if you don't know what rainbow means, what it means. Covenantally what the symbolism of rainbow is, why rainbow symbolizes covenant between us and God, that you know, the spirit of homosexuality has perverted it. This is where it comes from. So I would really highly encourage you to read Genesis six, seven, eight and nine. Okay. Um So today we just talk about covenant. I, I want you to really take take um inventory of what you're looking at really really take an inventory of what you're looking at and i want you to look at these bible verses uh psalms thirteen two to 3 proverbs 16 1 to 33 corinthians 10 13 ephesians 1 18 psalms 121 1 to 8 corinthians 6 18 it says flee from sexual immorality every other sin a person commits is outside of outside the body, but the sexual immorality person sins against his own body. So every perverse of things you're doing, you're sinning against your body, and that's what the enemy wants you to do. First Peter two twenty four, Luke four eighteen, Luke eleven thirty four, Psalms thirty two eight, Matthew seven three, Hebrews twelve two, First John. Two sixteen, Proverbs fifteen, three and Psalms thirty three, eighteen. So that's what I want you to look at, um. And in the, in these coming days, I want you to take inventory of what you're looking at, what your eyes are looking at. See, the thing is that the spirit of perversion. Within you, many of you will, will come to the point where you, you realize that you can't help it. It's like you notice these um, temptations easy, easy, right? You, you, notice, you, you notice these temptations easier than other people. It's because there's, there's a spirit inside of you that is attracted to those things, okay? So before you can get deliverance, I want you to take inventory of what you're looking at. Because what you're looking at will tell you what's inside of you, okay? Uh, What you're looking at will tell you what you need to deal with. What you're looking at will tell you what, what is hiding inside of you, okay? So I want you to face what you're looking at. And when you start to see it, and some of you will, will, will feel like you cannot help it, like it keeps coming around you, like you're the one that it's coming to. And that reminds me of Potiphar's wife and Joseph. You have to flee. We will talk about that part. So I hope that you're, you are blessed with this teaching. Um, it's important to make a covenant with your eyes to the Lord. Because that's the lamp to your body. Okay? Many of you are actually seers. Many of you are actually those that can see in the spirit. But the enemy has your eyes. God doesn't have your eyes. The enemy does. So, your homework is to look at the Bible verses that I gave you. Your homework is to write down what you're looking at. What your eyes are looking at and many of you will be shocked like whoa and it's okay because you you're learning this is a there there are different steps to this you you're going to unlearn okay this is you unlearning okay before you can unlearn you have to rec- you have to identify okay so you're going to unlearn and then you're going to relearn okay there's a season of unlearning and then there's a season of relearning Okay, a season of unlearning and relearning. So this is your season of re- unlearning because you have been taught, you have been taught by the, by the spirit. Every spirit in people, if it's the spirit of mammon, which is money, Is teaching you. And when a spirit enters you, it's not just there to just hang out. It's teaching you how to behave. Gradually, patiently. It's not teaching you, you know, overnight. Because you, you will identify that the spirit is there. Majority of people who have the spirit of perversion realize that they have the spirit of perversion when they... When, when your eye gates start to change, when they start to notice things with their eyes, like, whoa, why am I looking at that? Whoa, why am I desiring that? Whoa. That's when they realize that, wait a minute, there's something here. But already there was something there, but they did not recognize it in time. That's why I want to take you back to your eye gates. Okay? Your eye gates. So we are going to talk about uh, i 've not forgotten to talk about um, some i mean not not i 've not forgotten to talk about Genesis nineteen in the next episode we 're going to talk about what is homosexuality okay and then we 're going to talk about identity then we 're going to talk about understanding demons then we 're going to talk about spirits okay and then mind and soul then we 're going to talk about body we 're going to talk about divine. Commitment. Okay, we're gonna talk about repentance, renunciations. We're gonna talk about understanding. We're gonna talk about understanding um, who you are, your purpose. We're gonna talk about unlearning and breaking. We're going to talk about um, deliverance and then relearning. And then you're going to talk about divine community. Okay, divine community. And throughout this podcast, you are getting deliverance. You are. You're getting deliverance. The Bible says that
2: the angels cry out, Holy One cries holy to the other. Somebody just, I need somebody on one side to cry out holy to the other side. Somebody throw a holy back to the other side. The reason they cry out holy one to another, because the Bible says when the cherubim, when they face one another, the Bible says that they create a mercy seat. A place where God can sit and dwell among his people. Somebody cry, Amen. Somebody throw a holy in the atmosphere. Somebody create a place where we can hear from God. says if you create a mercy seat I'm going to come down and I'm going to meet with you I'm going to speak with you from from above the mercy seat anybody want to hear from God Holy Lord. Lord Come on every voice in the room Holy Lord, Lord. Raise it up
0: Somebody that wants to receive Christ, you have lived your life and you have done it your way, and you're like, You know, I did pray one time, and the Lord heard me and He answered me. I want to get to know Him on a deeper level, I want to get to know Him in a relationship. Bernice, you're talking about how God wants us to be a friend to Him. I want to get to be a friend of God, a friend of Jesus, a friend to the Holy Spirit do i do that well you asked an amazing question you can pray the salvation prayer with me and basically meaning that you know you're praying that the lord will take over and help you walk a righteous life that all the things that you've done whatever it is you know i don't know god knows but guess what the best part he has forgiven you of all of it yep every single one of it it is as far as the east as it is to the west he does not remember it anymore and so you don't have to remember it anymore when you pray this prayer god forgives all your sins why because jesus came down on this earth he laid down his life for you and i he bled on the cross for you and i and our sins are wiped away And so if you are in a repentant stage and you want to repent and give your life to Christ, I want you to repeat after me. Dear Jesus. So say after me, Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I am sorry for my sins. I believe that you died to pay the punishment for my sins. Please forgive me. I receive your forgiveness. And I know that you raised that you raised up on the third day and now you are sitting at the right hand side of god please be the lord of my life i receive you as the lord of my life from this day going forward in jesus name amen so if you have prayed this you have prayed the salvation prayer and you have given your life to the lord it's a journey it's not just a prayer but it's a journey this is the first stage of it and so if you if you're not part of a bible-based church get you a a a place that you can fellowship with christians that are like you find a good bible-based church holy spirit-filled church And go and learn about who God is, who Jesus is, and also about who God has made you to be. You will meet amazing people in the church. You will get to use your gift for the glory of the Lord and your talent. And you will meet amazing people. The most greatest people I've ever met are those that I met in church. I'm a church girl, so I've met a lot of people in church. And also, get you a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, find you one. You know, um, Walmart has Bibles, Target. You can go to, you know, Bible stores. You can order some from Amazon. I like New King James Version. If you are new to Christianity, getting the King James Version might be a little hard for you to comprehend. But I would say get the New King James Version or the NIV Version. But for me personally, the New King James Version is the best. And then you can, you know, start reading the word of god you can start from john or ephesians but you can start from john and read from there but if you have any questions you can email me my my email address is sisters of Ruth ministry at yahoo.com sisters of Ruth ministry at yahoo.com so email me and let me know if you have any questions if you need somebody to help you find a church i'll be more than happy to help you find a church in your area You know, I'll pray for you. I'm praying for you right now. God, I pray that everyone that prayed the salvation prayer, I ask you, Lord, that you will open up a church for them. Lead them to the right church that you want them to go at, God, and be a a member and a a, um, part of the community of Jesus Christ. I pray that, Lord, you will lead them, friends in the church, God, friends that will come and embrace them and love on them. And help them learn about you, God, and give them reassurance and give them peace and give them joy, God, and lead them to you, Jesus, because you are our joy. You are our peace. You are our love. You are our everything. And so I pray that, Lord, as they walk in this season of getting to know you, getting to know the word of God, just being able to walk in this new salvation uh, that they have embraced into their life, the, the the life that you have planned for them, that they will continue to walk the righteous life, the narrow road, God. I pray that you will surround them with good community because community is so important. Surround them with amazing community, God, that will feed the, the seed that you planted in them today, that they will grow and sprout up like a, beautiful tree and bear good fruit God and so I thank you for my sister and my brother that has made the bold and amazing decision today to follow you and I pray that Lord you will bless their pathway and lead them in the right places that you have ordained for them and it's in the name of Jesus I do pray amen
2: Say that again, I have been touched Put your hand on your neighbor say you have been touched Put your hand on him say you have been touched Changed Healed Say this, totally free From sin Say that again, totally free from I have been touched Changed Healed
0: blessed today um by this episode so i'm gonna end by um praying salvation prayer well i already prayed salvation prayer but i hope that you did pray the salvation prayer Um, i'm gonna pray this prayer uh from the word of god ephesians 1 um i would say ephesians 1 17 to 21 of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places far above our principalities far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named not only in this age but also in that which is to come um, and he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. And so I pray that this you, Ephesians um, 1, 17 to 22, that you will have a uh, revelation, wisdom, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you will know what is the hope of his calling for you. Um, I want to leave you guys with, um, I would say, Galatians, uh, I believe, five, sixteen to 26. And I, I want to remind you to walk in the spirit. It's very important. You know, the Bible says that um, turn to the Lord, resist the enemy, and he will flee. How, how you are able to overcome temptation. Remember that God does not tempt, it's the enemy that tempts. If you look at James, the book of James, James 1, you see that temptation comes from the enemy. It does not come from the Lord. And, you know, James also say that, you know, once you uh, give over to temptation, it, births, it it gives birth to sin, right? Uh, you know, sometimes people are enticed, you know, by their own desires. And so I want to remind you to walk in the Spirit. The best way to overcome perversion is to walk in the spirit. Um, so I'm, I'm going to read Galatians 5:1, uh, Galatians 5:16 to 26. It says, uh, "I say then, walk in the spirit, and you shall fulfill, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusts against the spirit, um, and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another." So that you do not do the things that you wish. Meaning that, you know, the spirit and the flesh are basically opposite of each other. So, if you walk in the spirit, you will not walk in the flesh. If you walk in the flesh, you will not be able to walk in the spirit. Let's continue. It says, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, adultery. Uh, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dis- um, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, um, uh, reveries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, this is what you have to remember, to so overcome perversion, you have to have the fruit of the spirit and exercise it daily or weekly. You know, it's important to choose one of the fruit and literally like live it out. Sometimes I say, today I'm gonna I'm gonna exercise the fruit of joy and intentionally be joyful and intentionally be you know loving or be peaceful, you know, be kind or be goodness, you know. So it's important to actually like you know practice the fruit of the spirit. Um, People who have the spirit of perversion, they have a a lot of lust. There is very little or no love because they have been hurt. And so um, they walk, they see, they behave in lust. Okay, lust um, is the opposite of love. They don't have love inside of them. And this might seem harsh to some people, but that's the truth. When you're walking in perversion, you don't have love inside of you. Because if you do, then there will not be any lust, okay? There will not be um, the kind of lust that will cause you to walk in perversion. We all know there are different type of, you know, love. But I'm talking about like holiness type of love. You know, you have love for your your brother, love for your sister. So therefore, you will not want to... You know, cause them to fall into temptation, or you will not lust after them, right, uh, in the wrongful way. Um, you know, lust after, you know, when you have uh, lustful desires after your 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 husband, if you're married, if you're a woman, that is okay. You know, or if you're a, a man and you have a you know lustful desires for your wife, that's fine. But I'm saying outside of the legal rights of marriage. All right, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And that's what you do when you are with Christ. You crucify your flesh. That's what I'm trying to get you to do, is to crucify your flesh. Because that is what, where the lust is. When you walk with Christ, you die to yourself daily, okay? And so, um, that's where I want to get you, where you're able to crucify your flesh, okay? Uh, and that your flesh does not rule you, but you rule the flesh. Your spirit man is in charge, right? If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another, right? And so I just want you to, you know, during this week, just read over Galatians 5, 16 to 26, and just ask the Lord to help you to walk in the Spirit, to help you to walk in the Spirit. I want to teach you foundations before you get to the point where, you know, um, you know, you can drive out spirit from people you can god can but i will tell you this majority of people who got deliverance they had to learn how to maintain their deliverance that's what i'm trying to teach you is how to live you know free from that spirit free from thinking in those ways free being able to discern The church needs discernment. My apostle was talking about it yesterday when we all met for prayer. The church needs discernment, okay? Be able to discern good from evil. Immediately pick it up. This is not God, you know? And what God is telling me to tell you is that, you know, there are some of you, the reason why you cannot walk in the spirit is because of who you follow on social media. The, the, The door to perversion to lust to um, temptations are tied to who you follow on social media so not only are you going to take inventory of what you're looking at but i also want you to take inventory of who you follow on social media many of you will have to really delete certain people unfollow them uh, because your purity is very important. Your purity is so important, okay? There are times I've deleted, I've deleted some people from my social media. I've blocked them, okay? Um, you know, it's okay to see it, you know, for me, personally, I like I said, I like a man with a good beard. But if the man is constantly posting half-naked pictures, you know, and, you know, um, showing off his muscles and being seductive because Jezebel is not just in women, it's in men too, right? And my mind is going to a place of, you know, lustful things, then that's not my husband. So I'm going to what? Stop, you know, stop following that specific man. Um. So if you're somebody that, you know, you feel like social media might be a place that the enemy is using to cause you to fall constantly into perversion into temptation then you have to delete it because bible says that you know if one of your eyes right called you to sin what do you do you pluck it out not literally like pluck out your eye but remove that thing because it's better for you know you to deal with that one eye than for your whole body to be burned in fire right and so i hope that you were blessed today Remember to walk in the Spirit and know that exercise your fruit of love. Yeah, exercise your fruit of love this this week. Try and see, ask the Lord to show you how to see yourself, how He sees you. One, two, ask the Lord to show you how to see your brothers and sisters, how He sees them. And ask God to help you see with an eyes of love. Because you want to overcome that spirit of perversion, there is no way that you can lust after, you know, the same sex if you have an eyes of love. If you look at that person with the eyes of love, there is no way that you can lust after, you know, uh, somebody who's on your husband or you, who's on your wife. If you look at that person with an eyes of love, right? There's no way you're gonna put on outfits that are lustful, right? And exposing every part of your body if you look at yourself with an eyes of love right and so ask the lord to help you with love you know first Corinthians talks about first corinthians 13 we all know when we go to weddings to talk about you know love is kind love is you know um, love is good love is pure love is kind and all of that go and look at first Corinthians and really examine it to yourself how to walk in love just Read about how to walk in love in the Bible, all right? And so I hope that you are blessed today. Um, remember to constantly redirect your eyes to the Lord and, help, and ask Him to help you to see differently. You know, it's my prayer that during this week you will get a Damascus experience, that the, the you know, the, the things on your eyes will fall off, okay? that God will do a deliverance on you. I believe that, you know, when you go to bed, that God can deliver you, you know, whatever it is that's in your eyes, whatever spirit it's in there, that He can deliver you. So during this week, I just want you to say, I renounce every demonic spirit that is operating in my eyes in the name of Jesus. And I break every legal rights that it has and if, you, and if you don't know the legal rights, just ask the Holy Spirit. Ask him, like, Holy Spirit, please tell me what legal rights this demon or this spirit in my eyes has. And the Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. There might be things that you might have to throw away from your room or your house, okay? Or even some TV shows that you have to stop watching. So just ask the Holy Spirit. He will give it to you. And then when you do, you renounce that spirit. I renounce you in the name of Jesus, and I command you to live my life. In the name of Jesus, you have the right to tell spirits that you don't want them in your inside of you. You do, okay, and then you can ask the Lord to send His sword, okay. In, in Isaiah, I believe Isaiah six or Isaiah four, uh, when Isaiah um, met with the angel and. You know, he said, Woe is me, for I am a man of unclean lips, right? And I live among a people of unclean lips. That's when Isaiah was, you know, um, was called to be a prophet. And what did the Lord do? The Lord sent an angel with coal of fire in, in his hand to touch the, the, the lips of Isaiah. And that's my prayer, that God will send an angelic host to touch your eyes, that there will be a, um, a deliverance over your eyes. Okay, take your eyes very seriously because it is the lamp to your soul. And the enemy wants your eyes. He wants your focus. He wants what you look at, okay? But God wants your eyes. He wants you to be able to see in the spirit, okay? He wants you to be able to see people and see in the spirit. He wants you to be able to see certain things and see in the spirit, okay? So your eyes are important. So your covenant with your eyes is very important okay so i hope that you have a blessed rest of your day thank you so much for listening to devoted with bernice as we continue with our series on perversion